Hey, this is Chris Dowling, and you are listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. On today's show, we sit down with Chris Dowling. Chris has worked in movies such as Where Hope Grows and Blue Miracle. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, a podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. Gentlemen, it's back. What is back? Shady's back. Back again. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about something way better than Shady could ever be. Guys, the Mexican pizza is back at Taco Bell. Oh, ooh. I already had one. Did you? Yes. Was it worth the wait? Oh, I pre-ordered it on the app and picked it up. It was amazing. I nice. thought you meant like you pre-ordered it before it came back out. Yeah, he waited <laughs> yeah, been a for a he year. Was, he he ordered it on the Taco app Bell. and picked it up. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're in 2022. It's a new world. Man, listen. It is my favorite Taco Bell menu item. It and is. for years, I have eaten it. And, you know, I'll go out with people and we'll go to Taco Bell or whatever. And they'll say, oh, you get the Mexican pizza. And I was like, it's my, it's my favorite thing. So and it good. went away in 2000. It went away in 2020. Mm-hmm. Man, I was heartbroken. I I was like, this it can't be. I signed the petition. I signed multiple petitions to bring it I back. Did too. And when I heard when I heard it was coming back, I got so excited. And um, but much to my dismay, as you guys know, as you gentlemen know, I find myself in a season of life where I've been on a diet. Man. And the Mexican pizza comes back. And the devil. Oh, yeah. The devil, his temptation is real, guys. I'm telling you. Right when I'm doing good in my diet, I'm like, man, you know what? I've lost a lot of weight. I'm feeling pretty good. I watch, I turn the TV on. Mex- or Taco Bell has brought back the Mexican pizza. And I'm like, <laughs> I looked at my wife and I said, well, there goes that diet. So the real, the real question is, have you had one? And if not, when are you going to have one? I've not had one. Actually, it's helping me in my diet because. Are you waiting until vacation? I'm, no, it's what I'm going to break my diet with. <laughs> so I told Karina, like, that is, you know, I was going to eat lasagna or something or whatever. No. Uh, but as soon as I heard the Taco Bell pizza was back, I was like, all right, Karina, when I reach my goal, that is what I'm going to break my diet with. That's what I'm going to have my first, like, you know, cheat day with is going to be the Taco Bell pizza. And I will live stream that. That is going you- to be the live streamed moment. Did you Just hear don't, it don't live stream the moment after you eat that pizza because you know as <laughs> soon as it hits your stomach. <laughs> two years without Taco Bell. Yeah, I guess it, it has been two years since I've had Taco Bell because it Did was you hear, the though, only it, thing I ate at Taco Bell. The promotion ends June 10th. Nah, they brought no, it back for good. I, that's no, I, I'm just I was like, wait a second. I was like, don't mess with me. I better lose some weight. Quick. Actually, so guys, it's funny that you mentioned the story. Do you know who is a super fan of the Mexican pizza? And they posted it on their social media of her actually opening the box and eating the bite. Dolly Parton, you know, loves the Mexican pizza. I saw that. Yeah, I thought that was. There's a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, are posting about it. I mean, I guess it's kind of a viral thing right now. You know, like a lot of people are going and. Saying, oh, I never had it, and I didn't realize it was that good, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I guess it's good publicity, right? Yeah. So, with that in mind, I was thinking of, of, of something. You know, you got the Mexican pizza, which is a pretty nostalgic thing for Taco Bell. Do you all remember the original recipe 
from Pizza Hut. And then they've changed it over the years, and it's kind of just not the greatest. And now I was going to say Pizza Hut's always been too sweet. I don't, I don't like how yeah. sweet Pizza yeah, Hut is. Apparently, they're opening up old school Pizza Huts, and that's what they're called. It's like the ones with the original, like old lighting above the above the tables and everything. The yellow and, glass chandeliers. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the stained glass looking, you know, glass chandeliers right, yeah. above the tables, and then the red cups, um, and then the pizzas will come out in the black pans rather than just you know. So I thought that was pretty sweet. I mean, it makes sense. Here's the thing, you know, they're catering to the people that grew up on that. You know, like our generation is the one that's the professionals and making the money now. And we want those nostalgia moments, which is and it's the same reason they're bringing back all the old gaming consoles and stuff like that. They're appealing to us now, you know, the ones that are spending the money. So yeah. uh, Pizza Hut, I mean, they should bring back if they're going to bring back anything old school, they need to bring back Discovery Zone. But for, oh, that was but for adults. So for those who don't know, Discovery Zone is kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese, uh, but it was way more uh, focused on the play place type thing. Yeah. And it was huge, massive. But they it was like a giant Chick-fil-A play place. Yeah, but it, it was the whole it was the size of the entire place. But mm-hmm. they need to bring that guy back. Yeah. For, so, Jesse, for that's your nostalgic thing. Chris, what is your nostalgic thing that you wish they would bring back? Man, I don't even know. There's, well, why do you think? There's two things that I wish they would bring back. One is Surge, and they actually a few years ago did it for. It came out yes, briefly. I remember that mm-hmm. Surge? It's like a hyped up uh, Mountain Dew. I think um, they still have it at Burger Kings. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've I've seen it there. Well, Surge, and then do y'all remember the High C that came out when Ghostbusters? It was like the the green Slimer High C. Can't oh, say that I do. That stuff was so good. Yeah. Dunkaroos, they brought those back. They're back. They they're brought Walmart. back Dunkaroos. Yes, yeah. Guys, I'm, I'm gonna have to take a nostalgic shopping trip. I didn't realize Dunkaroos it's, were back. They are uh, Betty Crocker company. I don't know if they were back in the day. Oh, know. like so that you think they got bought by them and they brought them back? Yeah. Yeah, but they're not as good. They're they're gross now. Yeah, they're I don't different. remember either that or. Like when I was a Your kid, taste is different. Yeah, it was just they were amazing because it was just sweet. But they're just not. They're not good. Do y'all remember the Stretch Armstrong doll? Yep. Yeah, Those I just I just cool. got one a couple weeks ago for Aiden at Cracker oh, Barrel. Okay, they saw it at Cracker Barrel. Well, let's get into the interview with Chris Dowling. So, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time and sitting with us. We really appreciate it and are honored that you are taking the time for us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it also. And I appreciate that it's not video because my hair is wacky right now. (laughs) So a a movie that I checked out uh, about a week ago is a movie that you uh, were a part of, uh, Blue Miracle, uh, that you wrote and starred Dennis Quaid. And it just won. I saw the award for most inspiring film of 2021 by the Movie Got Awards. That is a pretty awesome. Yeah, right on. I mean, you know, obviously it's super cool to win. I think you know, be recognized for anything, but to be, you know, recognized for something that's the most inspiring, um, you know, has a little a little merit to it. So you know, it's yeah, 
you know, better than winning like best slasher flick of the year or something, yeah. you know, something, <laughs> something adds value, I think. Yeah, yeah that's Hopefully. awesome. So how did you, I know it's based on a true story. So how did you discover this story? Uh, you know, it actually discovered me, um, Darren Mormon, the, one of the producers on it. Uh, we had worked together on a movie called run the race and, um, and he said, Hey man, I've got this story. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it's like, an, you know, we need a writer. And so they sent me like, basically, I think it was like kind of a, um, a book proposal that they were trying to put together. Okay. And it was like, you know, 50 pages or whatever. And I, I read through it and I was like, dude, this is crazy. This is like the best, like David versus Goliath, like a real story. Yeah. And it has orphans and yeah. it's yeah. got all this crazy stuff. And it actually, I mean, and it pays off in a way that's insane at the end. So it was, it was like one of those ones you read it and as you're reading it, you're going, oh my gosh, this, this is obviously a movie. Like all I have to do is kind of just start putting this down on paper. Uh, yeah. I was watching, uh, the part we were all watching it as a family actually. And the part where, you know, they were going to cheat and with a fish or whatever. And I was like, Oh man, don't do that. Don't do that. And then when the guy, you know, cuts the, cuts the uh, fish out, I was like, yes. And De- <laughs> I'm telling you what, Dennis Quay plays a mean man. Yeah, and his uh, biceps are pretty intimidating as well. He is uh, very, <laughs> very fit for his age, I would say. Yeah. So what, what's it like working with Dennis? Uh, see, I wasn't actually on set because I was wrapping a film I was shooting okay. called Roll With It that um, should be coming out later this year. Uh, so I was busy in Nashville, and they went to go shoot it. I mean, I, I got Ashland City, and you know they got to go shoot Dominican Republic. You know, and eh, what are the same? Awesome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about how you got your start in Hollywood. Take us to a, a, a quick journey through. Uh, the Cliff Notes version is I <laughs> uh, grew up in Dallas uh, and then my best friend moved to L.A. like when we were 18. And like a, a very foolish move, which happens to a lot of people. I went to go visit him. I was in college and for like a Christmas break, I went to go visit him. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm moving here, too. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Moved in with him and, you know, he was an actor and he was crushing it. Uh, so I was out there and I always knew I wanted to do something in the um, entertainment space, but like, yeah. you know, writing was always pretty key. Like I took a lot of creative writing classes and I always was like into like poetry and, um, and anyways, and so um, got out there and was doing some acting. Kind of had a really crazy thing where like I had an old high school basketball coach go, hey, do you want to come play college basketball? So I moved back to Texas and played basketball for a semester, mm. finished up at UT, took creative writing classes, moved back out there in 2000. Um, and, you know, it's a grind. I was out there and I had like little that was like when you had your spec scripts, like you'd have to go print them out at Kinko's. And then you'd have yeah. to somehow find a way to like physically hand them to the right person, which is, you know, yeah. dang near impossible. So um it was, yeah, it was an interesting time, but um, had a little bit of success acting, realized I didn't really like that as much as I liked writing and creating. And, um, you know, it's a slow journey. I think, um, God, 2004, maybe I did a short film, maybe 2003 that won, you know, some awards and stuff. But then it wasn't in like, until 2008, I did my first movie, which, you know, we shot for, I think, $200,000. But we had like this amazing mm-hmm. cast that came together that just started reading the script. And it was like... Patrick Warburton, who I loved and always wanted to work with. And then in, like once he was in, it was like Jason Alexander from Seinfeld and um, mm. Eric Roberts and uh, Leah Thompson, who I'm such an 80s fanatic. So that was crazy for me. Even like Tom Bergeron, yeah. you know, from Dancing with the Stars. Sure. And yeah. it, it, it got weird. It was like Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains and Brian Bosworth. <laughs> and, um, you know, anyway, so we just it was this really cool cast. Uh, and um, 
shot that. And then it just, it's just started leading to things, but it's always like after each project, everybody's like, Oh yeah, this is the one man. It's like from here to like the moon. And you're like, yeah. "Yeah." And then of course never happens. Um, So, you know, it's been like a 20, you know, some odd journey where I'm finally able to like support my family. And so far, I mean, you know, right now I'm busier than I've ever been. So I guess maybe I'm peaking or something, but, um, (laughs) but you know, it's a lot of lean years and a lot of, uh, waking up and going, man, I think I should be selling insurance instead of doing this. It'd be so yeah. much easier and profitable, more profitable. So, yeah. um, but it was like, you know, things just start happening. I always say that like, God's like the great carrot dangler. Cause I'd be like, I'm doubting and whatever. And he go, and then something random would just happen. I'd be like, huh? Yeah. All right. Maybe I'm on the right path. And that thing might fall apart, but it's enough to make me go, okay, like I should keep walking this path. And so, you know, shot that, um, 2000, man no 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 so then i sold a reality show which is really awesome and that actually paid for a lot it's called repo games it was amazing Uh, we Mm -hmm. did like 40 episodes on spike it was a it was a real live repossession yeah and then the debtor would come out they're all upset and we'd let them play a Mm -hmm. game show in their front yard against the against the repo man and if they won (laughs) we paid off their car and they owned it and if they lost we repoed it so um so that actually gave me a lot of breathing room uh and then i was able to shoot where hope grows and rewrite um a movie for sony and then it just you know slowly it's like each one has a slight small build ahead of it and i've been fortunate so i've done unscripted stuff you know we've sold a documentary to netflix a docuseries to hbo max and obviously there's plenty of narrative feature stuff i've done and i'm I'm starting it on like a scripted television now too so it's like it's pretty cool man it's it's kind of run the gamut that's awesome so what is your um motivation in making inspirational films uh, I mean, just that, man. I mean, it's like, um, I well, you know, a couple of things now that I've got kids and a family, there's like a legacy issue with that where it's like, okay, yeah. dude, I love it when my kids and their friends can watch the movies and they're like, oh my God, like we love Blue Miracle, like run the race. It's like, like all these kids, my, they all had the run the race wristbands they were all wearing for like, for a long time. My, my, my kids, you know, they're friends. It's like, it's pretty yeah. cool. And to know that like, you're, you're going into the theater and then you're leaving feeling better or more inspired or questioning like like anything like questioning like your relationship with god your relationship with your wife your kids whatever the idea is but it's like it's just so that like you don't just watch something and then you're like you walk out and you're like all right cool like there's a windy slope and let's get a frosty like it's i want to have something you talk about afterwards or like you know that lasts with you and so like oh, yeah. i think especially right now the world yeah, needs inspiration definitely. you know so that's cool so chris uh, your movie, The Man from Nowhere, some of the themes are, you know, reconciling uh, with your past, restoring relationships, striving to be a better parent. Uh, what was the inspiration behind that film? Which, by the way, I checked that out uh, two days ago and it was it was a fa- an awesome film. Oh, Great thank film. you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a really interesting one because uh, a buddy of mine, Matt Green, who directed and, and co-wrote that with me, um, he said, hey, uh, I need to make a movie in eight days. So what can we do? And so he had this idea because we we're like, all right, it has to be very character driven and we have to have limited locations. And um, and so we like and we had to have an important topic, uh, you know, that could actually move the audience's heart and, and kind of yeah. push this arc along. And so we, we kind of came up with this this scenario and we knew we wanted to add in a, a, a fantastical kind of B storyline. And so that's where the film noir came in and making him an author so we could have this kind of book that would be this love letter he's written to his son. 
the miracle of it all is we actually shot that film in eight days. So like, I mean, if you know anything about filmmaking, That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it is truly miraculous. So, um, but it turned out great. Matt did a great job. Um, and, and we got this great production value and we were able to get distribution through um, pure flicks and people yeah. buying it on Amazon. And, and, and we've had a lot of people talk to us about how it's like, affected them like we watched we watched a screening and there was like grown men crying saying yeah, that's me or that's my dad or that's us and it's like awesome like that's you know that's what we're striving to do yeah wow now was that a 40 hour work week since you only did it in eight days it was crazy uh <laughs> with that said we only went into overtime once so, oh wow yeah wow. and it was and it was it was the it was every single piece of the film noir we shot in one day and we knew we were gonna have to go to overtime to get all that in so it was like planned overtime. I mean, it really is executed about sure. as perfectly as you could do a film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, your film, Where Hope Grows, I was I was watching it with my little boy. And at the end where, you know, the car accident and then the hospital scene and then you see the funeral and you're like, oh, no. Did he really just kill off produce? No and like this no spoilers and that film that feeling and it was like whoa and then you see the the bats game or whatever and then he comes out and you're just like oh my gosh you know and yeah. so powerful so awesome the way you did that and um yeah I, you know thanks uh, man because it's it's i've had a lot of people obviously it's it's manipulative. Like, you know, we toy with your emotions. You think it's one way, yeah. but it is a weird feeling because you're like, yeah, it was Johnny that died. Not, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not produce. Is. Yeah. It celebrate is. him, his death. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I know. Fun? I was like, do I feel bad that he died? Yes, but it is just a movie, <laughs> but actually it was a true story, but, uh, that's actually our hometown. And we grew up in Louisville. Oh. I, am in, I am in Louisville right now. Chris, yeah, Chris and Jesse still live in Louisville. And so, yeah, so when we saw it, I was like, oh, sweet. I know all those places. Dude, I, we, we were there for whatever it was, you know, uh, eight, ten weeks, and I loved it. We stayed at the uh, Galt House okay, yeah. downtown. Yeah. And, I mean, it was amazing, like great restaurants and places to walk around and for drink or do whatever. Like we we actually really enjoyed our, our time yeah. in Louisville. Yeah, it was fantastic. Awesome. People were awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, good, good, good city. So is – is that based off a true story that 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 film and and if it is, what's the inspiration? If not, what is? How'd you come yeah, about that one? It, it is not based on a true story. However, uh, it's kind of interesting because I mean that movie's probably affected me more than anything else I've ever done. Um, yeah. It going into it, I really was doing a story about a man who you know has seemingly had it all. Obviously, like at some point, he had wealth and fame, and mm-hmm. you know the ability to be a major league baseball player. And, um, and it's all taken away from him. And at that point I wanted him to meet faith and like, with like just a childlike faith, like nothing cerebral about it. Just like, what is like the baseline faith? So I was like, all right, well, I need somebody to kind of be this, like the harbinger, the, you know, the person that's going to show him and demonstrate this, this faith to him. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it's somebody with Down syndrome. And I didn't know anybody with Down syndrome. I didn't really know a whole lot of people with special needs. Um, but I was like, well, that seems like that'd be the right play. You know, it's, somebody the world would say like, oh, he, he doesn't get it or he's stupid. And it's like, in reality, it's like when this guy starts listening, he's like, okay, this guy gets it. Like, why does yeah. this guy have something I don't have? And then it's how yeah. they bond through that. Um, so, you know, it, but coming out of it and getting to know David DeSanctis, the actor with Down syndrome and becoming so incredibly close to him and his family. And to this day, still, we text, I mean, literally every single day. Um, yeah. 
you know, it, it just changed everything for me. Like as far as like the special needs and, uh, you know, I got involved in, uh, in, in, uh, getting on boards and organizations and, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. getting involved in the special needs ministry at my church. And, um, so it really was, it was eye opening because I had never, I didn't know anybody, but coming out, it was like, awesome. I want other people to have this experience that might not have a face for down syndrome or might box everybody in this one thing and go, Oh, that's what down syndrome is. It's like, no, watch this movie. And you get like this personal human you get to meet who's who's so unique and different, just like all of us. And so that's like the goal coming out of it. Now I'm like, dude, go watch it. And for, and for individuals that have special needs or down syndrome or those families, it has been incredible to talk to them. And because for the first time they felt like they saw a hero up on screen that looked like them. Like I had yeah. plenty of parents oh, that yeah. told me that their kids went as produce for Halloween. They just got like uh-huh, a, green, yeah. a green apron and they, that was that what they wanted to be. And I'm like, how, how do you beat that? Like, yeah, so, really. so anyway, so that's, it's, that, that one's magical to me. I'll, I'll probably never have a movie that I, love more than that one um i'm actually between you and me and whoever's listening to this where i think i mean we're trying to get it re-released in theaters for one night in um october for down syndrome awareness month yeah okay yeah, i think i can say that um anyways so i'm working hard on trying to put that together because there's just a lot of families that have told us this is their favorite movie but they never had that chance to see it in theaters and it's had this great second life on amazon where it's got like 4500 reviews and so it's like there's just, you know, I just want more people to see it. Like it, it, you know, it deserves, and that message deserves a a big audience again. So. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. You, uh, when the part where you kind of like you're pulling for him and the part where he hits that boy over the head with a fire extinguisher, you're like, yes, (laughs) at least that was, you know, I'm kind of crazy, but I'm like, yes. And so, and then the, you know, the dad's like, why did you do that? And I'm like, you better tell him what he was doing to you, you know, and like, yeah. you know, you're yelling at the TV. So it was, it was awesome. It was a great. I'm film. glad it had that effect on you because yeah. that's, that's what it's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rooting for the, the good guy, but you're not sure if you should still root because. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. don't kill him when that, you know, with the fire extinguisher, but just knock him out. Yeah. yeah that's how you should feel. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Chris, I know you kind of semi mentioned it, but what's, what's coming up for you? What's next? Uh, well, we, um, today we just, uh, were able to announce that I got a movie I wrote and co-produced with my, one of my best friends that is going to premiere at Tribeca in June. Okay. So that's pretty awesome. Super pumped yeah. on that. I have another movie that we did, uh, that was supposed to come out during the, uh, you know, the pandemic and it got delayed and everything. So, um, it's a karaoke comedy that I'm super excited about. Uh, it's got great, great music and like this eighties vibe. That's my style. Um, so that should come out, um, in theaters. I don't know. I never know what I can, I think I can say that should come out theaters in the, uh, in the the fall. Um, and then, um, there's a smattering of other projects that I'm, I'm working on now or that we've in that we're going to, we already got plans to shoot this year. Um, but I'm trying to, you know, just trying to keep busy with different things. You know, when you're an independent filmmaker too, it's like you have, and especially someone who I wear different hats on different projects. So, you know, I look on my board and I've got like 12 movies that I'm attached to in some way, shape or form that we're trying to, you know, get done or they're, and they're all different yeah. States. And like some of them are at production companies, some of them have already been options. Some are like at, you know, ground zero. So it's, you just start spinning a lot of plates and you know that most of them will probably fall and shatter like all your dreams. <laughs> but, <laughs> but every once in a while, every once in a while you'll get one that goes. So, um, yeah. but there's some, there's some good stuff. 
coming out. Um, definitely those two projects. And then um, there's some stuff that's getting shot this year that I'm really pumped on. Cool. So how can everybody keep up with you and what's going on? Well, I am a dinosaur when it comes to anything that is social media. <laughs> so um, I, I technically have an Instagram thing. Uh, yeah. What, what do you call it? Instagram page? I don't know. Or uh, account. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If it's Chris underscore Dowling underscore okay. director. Um, I'm just not good with it. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm probably more active on Facebook. That's probably my generation anyways. Yeah. Um, and that's where more of my people, fans, whatever that enjoy whatever I'm doing, they seem to interact more there. So, um, so yeah, it's just, if anyone could find me on Facebook. Um, cool. yeah. But other than that, I'm just cruising around in Dallas, Texas, where I, I live now. Moved from <laughs> LA, so. So, uh, another movie that I, I was thinking about you, you wrote the screenplay for, uh, priceless, correct? Uh, correct. Yes. Okay. So that, that's a great movie. Um, obviously pretty serious subject. Um, it's got, you know, the brothers, uh, Joel and small. Luke for King yep. Country, small bones. And, uh, so what, what's, uh, what was the inspiration behind that? Obviously I'm sure, you know, a lot of that is based on actual true events. I mean, I don't know if the whole box yeah. truck thing was true, but I mean, a lot of that actually happens all the time. Yeah. The box, I mean, that, that was, all, it was, they had a pretty, um, Ben and, uh, Joel, Ben Smallbone and their brother directed it. I mean, they had a pretty uh, obtuse story that they had remembered about a, basically about a, um, a, if I recall the way it worked was a woman who was trafficked who fell in love with her pimp mm-hmm. trafficker, but then the sure. trafficker also fell in love with her and then rescued her out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we built a story around that. So it's based on true events, but this isn't necessarily the way it happened. Um, and, um, anyways, but yeah, it was, and that, see, that was one of those things too. It was like one thing leads to the next, like John Chapman who works with them. Um, he had just seen where hope grows. And so he just found me and said, Hey, just saw this movie. I love it. I think it's like totally the right speed of what we're looking for, for the boys for this priceless movie. So then I met with Joel and Luke and Ben, and we just kind of talked about it and I was like, yeah, cool. You're the, you're the right guy to pull this one off. So we did, you know, and, um, and Ben did a great job of it. I mean, it's, it looks sharp. It's, you know, they had a tight budget, like, you know, most of these movies we're out here doing and, but they made it, yeah. they, they made it look good. Awesome. Cool. Well, to wrap up, but we, we'd like to ask you uh, to tell a story or a testimony that maybe has even recently happened uh, just to build up our listeners faith. So what has God been doing in your life that you're willing to share? What's God been doing? Man, I'm just trying to think of something real concrete or different other than being an independent filmmaker who lives day by day with his hand out saying, please, Lord, yeah. I need to pay for my lifestyle, uh, my family. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is encouraging or not, but I feel like there's been a lot of attacks on marriages around me in my circle. Um, and just really in a surprising way. And I saw that's definitely been something that, um, man, it's just, a, we're in a, such a strange time right now. And yeah. everyone's upset with each other and the way that that can the stress and the pressure can kind of trickle back into marriages. And so honestly, it's like right now, I'm, I think if there's anything that my wife and I are really praying about, it's just like people's marriages and just for the strength to stick yeah. through it and to see, you know, to see the, the way that God sees each other. And, 
So I guess if there's an encouragement, if someone's dealing with that right now, just knowing you're not alone, like, I mean, I feel like it's an epidemic right now, even more so than in the past. And just, you know, just trust in God and work it out. You know, like it's, yeah. it's important. Um, but it's, man, it's a high stress time right now for everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So I, I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Sure. Like you guys usually do like Christian music. So like, what's like the Christian, good Christian music. I don't listen to a whole, whole lot of it. So like, what, what should I be listening to or who should I be looking out for? Hmm. What is your style? Uh, pretty like all genre. over the board. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously like I like the hip, I mean, I, I, I like the hip hop and I like the reach, the reach stuff I do. Like, I know, I mean, I know those guys are, but more like, I guess probably like singer songwriter, indie kind of vibe. If you're looking for worship, Maverick City's. I do. Amazing. I know. Maverick, yeah, I've heard Maverick City. I like. They're good. Yeah. They're good. definitely good. So there's another uh, kind of off the beat. They're called Rivers and Robots. They're like a. You would like them. Indie like the name. feel. Um, they're awesome. Like, they've got some weird hip hop smooth beats in the, some of the songs, but they're really good. That would be a. Sweet. That would I'm, be one I'm, to start with. I'm starting there when we get off. I'm yeah. Off. <laughs> it's and. The the name Rivers and Robots like you can't. I'm so no. Like, I, I mean, I literally that's what sold me. Like you yeah. just said, hey, they uh they bake cookies on Third and Main Street. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm, I'm going. I'm going yeah. To Rivers and Robots. Oh yeah. Now, if you like the you like like the coffee shop style sound. Yeah, yeah, too? definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's older bands that you've probably heard of, like Jars of Clay and um, Cademan's oh, Call. Yeah. I mean, they're '90s, Dude, we, but we, they're we, like super chill, like vibe, you know. We were just having a talk. I, I can't remember any songs particularly from Caveman's Call, but I was just having a talk because my buddy's from Houston, and he was talking about Caveman's Call. I guess they're from Houston. And um, oh. we literally were just having this conversation a couple of days ago, but I should go back <laughs> and check them out again. So. Yeah, they have a lot of good stuff. But... Confirmation. Yeah. Yep, there it is. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for taking time and just chatting. Um, greatly appreciated and uh you have a website that people can go to to check out everything that's been going on or uh nope i was gonna try and make up something <laughs> funny but i'm just gonna say no not really i mean they can look at facebook or or instagram and that's about it produce.com there we go that, i mean dude that could take you to a million places is it yeah. produce like produ- produce a movie or is yeah. it you know yeah. produce like the food or yeah so yeah yeah 4011.com. Yeah. There you go. That's the banana <laughs> number if you don't remember. That is. That's <laughs> very, I do remember that. And I actually, that's the only number I still remember from that uh, in the actual uh, movie that he mentions. Uh, no, but my wife work. now, my wife now, she buys only organic. So I've got to memorize the organic code. I don't oh, yeah. That. I don't know that one. I just used to work at a supermarket and it's literally the same everywhere you go. Yeah. No, that's why it was funny because we were going to make up numbers. I think we did fudge the little a couple of them, but and I was like, "Oh man, these are all the same." Like, so if I, she's, <laughs> when he's throwing them, he's got to actually say the real numbers. Yeah. So oh, he, yeah. He, he memorized the numbers. Another question is, well, how come the manager never let him be the employee of the month? I mean, because I mean, that was a mean, mean something. <laughs> I mean, no, uh, at the bats it, game, he was like, but not at the value market. I mean, that's how we had to pay that off, and that was the way to pay it off was to get to be. <laughs> You know, Bat Boy of the Month. Um, like his face, uh, every time he didn't make it, I was like, dude. Well, you know what's really funny about that actually is so, so 
my buddy, so the guy that when he looks at the last time and he's like devastated and he's looking at the picture and there's like a guy with like these Coke bottle glasses on or whatever, <laughs> yeah. the guy looks, the guy looks absurd. Um, <laughs> but it was my, it's one of my really good friends walkie and it's supposed to, and, and he's, he's dude, I love him to death. Uh, he's a producer over at Jimmy Kimmel. He's hilarious. And so I said, send me some pictures and I'll make you the employee of the month. So he yeah. sends me these absurd pictures and I'm like, all right, whatever. So I put them on there. So when I, when we're watching the movie in LA at like the LA premiere, there's a lot of people that knew walkie. So yeah. it was this really quiet, sad time. Right. And so it cuts to that. And as soon as it cuts to the picture, I got people in the theater just start laughing. Like, so it's like this really sweet, sad moment. And all of a sudden, because yeah. they know Walkie. They see Walkie's up there. He's the employee of the month wearing Coke bottle glasses and his bad parted <laughs> hair and stuff. So, yeah, it was a, that was the pretty little, funny in the LA one. The little Easter egg in the film. Oh, yeah, there's 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 plenty of eggs. Also, yeah, all the names are all people I know are my old coaches and stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, there's my name. There's my name. So uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I always, I always drop the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> well, a big thank you to Chris for sitting down and taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. And thank you, dear listener, for taking time to listen to our podcast. Be sure to follow us on all socials. You can find us at Christian Music Guys. Visit our website at christianmusicguys.com to see how you can join our support team. And while you're checking out our podcast, go ahead and leave a review on Apple and Spotify. It definitely helps us out. We appreciate it so much. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you next week.